Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw. First and down. Back to tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done big things. 22 to Raja. It's the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. No, no, I'm trying to get Debo as we get started here. Do you have the what we learned sound? Yeah. Play, play what we learned. <laughs> Oh, God. What'd I say? What we learned off the top. What we Give me a second. Give him a second. We'll get it. What we learned. What we learned before in the pre-show pod. Yeah. We learned that Rajah Bell made 22 of 25 free throws the other day. Three-pointers. Three-pointers, yeah. Yes, free throws yes, are yes, easy. Yes, I yes, can yes. do that. Three-pointers <laughs> uh, to show up your, your kid's team. Like, yes. they're challenging you, and you go, what's up? Yeah. It's I amazing. learned that, that Hannah is still doing two-a-days. Super impressive. They're, they're so, so impressive. Two-a-days, so guys, so impressive. Weak. And I learned that Rajah and Steve Nash... We're in a bed with Sarah McLaughlin. And so that was, we're, that we're was for your story. ears only, bro. <laughs> All right, well, now it's out uh, there. Can I give backstory on that? To. Like, you must no, dude, give backstory. Steve, no, Steve, no, stop. I can't hang. I can't hang. you got to give backstory. We were, uh, Steve had a charity event in Vancouver, and he's good friends with, with uh, Sarah and her husband. And it was her husband's birthday right around the thing. And so we were like, it was like a punking type of a video. You know what I mean? And he just asked me to be a part because I was kind of there. And it was kind of sent to her husband like – as if they filmed it and it wasn't staged <laughs> and he was supposed to freak out, but I think, you know, he And you were in the arms of an angel. We were in the arms yes. of an angel, yeah. <laughs> super cool people though. Like I, you know, those aren't people I normally rub elbows with. That's Steve's crowd, <laughs> right. but super cool. Awesome. Well, we're going to have Steve what Nash we on. Yeah, see that? We're going to have Steve on on Friday's show. So we look forward to that. Get some story time. Mm-hmm. Today we got Dan Orlovsky joining us in a little bit to uh, break down the quarterbacks in this year's draft. He's doing a great job doing that, doing some broadcasting. But let's get to some NBA because we are in the full-fledged NBA playoff season. And as fun as the Heat were with the Sixers for one game, they really had no chance in this series. The Sixers closed them out 104-91. The game was pretty competitive. It was tied at halftime, but this, the, it wasn't that was just a better team. fun to watch this, this time around. I don't know if I thought, like, I really just was, like, clinging onto this, really hoping he, that he could do it. And I, I kind of knew that it, you know, I kind of knew that the Sixers were going to take it. Yeah. But I still, like, I, I wasn't as, like, hyped for this game. Right. I don't know. I, I felt like that we were losing hope. Raja, I, was, I was talking about this earlier, like, for a game or for a team like Miami, when they're playing against the 76ers and they don't, like, their odds of making it past that round, let alone to the second round. When you get to like the three and one, like last night, get it over. Do with. you right? Are you just get like anxious you for came vacation? Back from three one. Yeah, but we were a better team. No, you, in your mind, like in your mind, like, you're a competitor. You, that 1%, you don't do that. Though that's like, oh, I could just like sleep a lot tomorrow. So no, but that's a weird thing, right? Because I think it's like a you come out as a competitor and you never want to lay down. So you go through a half of basketball. And I watched, like, that Heat were in it. So I don't think yeah. there was ever a point, probably until somewhere in that fourth quarter, where they were like, like, let's just let this, let's just let it go. But if you know, like, I played one year when I was with the with the Jazz, and we played, like, we squeaked into the playoffs as an A seed, and we pulled the Spurs, who, like, were clearly, like, light years ahead of where we were as a team. Like, why prolong the inevitable? Like, I don't want to win a game or two in the series, because we're not beating them. Um, but in a competitive series, and I, I missed on this one, I thought... That the Heat actually had a chance to stretch it to seven. And, yeah, I did too. You know, I discounted how important space was, which is weird because I was a space guy. Like when you have the amount of shooters that Philly has, and then you have those two electrifying, you know, uh, playmakers in Embiid and, and Ben Simmons, it's really hard to guard that. Um, 
And then you match that with a really, really tough physical run you off your shot defense. Uh, and you can accomplish a lot of things. And I think, you know, they, they, obviously I, I, I made my case for jumping on the bandwagon a few days ago, but they're a scary team in, in the East and in the NBA right now. They're really scary. The one thing that might have been most entertaining was watch Meek Mill get to the game. Like, I mean, the owner actually sent a helicopter to prison to get him there in time for the tip, which is pretty insane. I was really hoping that the Heat would just, like, kill them in this game, and then people would want to, like, lock Meek Mill back back up. up. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if he was the curse all along. So so the Sixers impressed everybody. I think they kind of turned everybody's head. D-Wade actually talked about it after the game, about how impressive this young group is. You know, those guys um, grew up in this series. This is their first playoff. I think they grew up and they learned some things from us and the way we pushed them. Um, and it's just, you know, congratulating them, you know. And, um, you know, you want to see nothing but good things for those guys. These are the future of the NBA. And, um, you know, the NBA is in great hands with Ben and, and Joel and, um, and, those kind of, and those kind of individuals. So, um, you know, just talking to them about those things. Yeah, that's really cool that uh, D-Wade doesn't have a level of salt in the post, post-game. post Like, I think that's really professional. Um, my question for that, the Sixers. I think that speaks volumes to how much they really knew they didn't have a chance. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, they, like they were outmatched. He knew that. It's easier when you get bounced 4-1 than it is if you were tied up and it was game seven. Correct. You know, it's easy to send them off. The Sixers have been reaching out all year for their alumni, like, association. And, like, they've been reaching out all year. And I've never really responded. <laughs> I've just kind of been like, oh, yeah, exactly. like is it too talking. late, Sixers? Can I can I get <laughs> no. in on the alumni? No. I'm out? No. I'm out. No, no. Oh, get in. It's I'm not in. too get late. In. No. I, don't, I, I speak on behalf. We welcome you. <laughs> we, <laughs> we welcome you back. <laughs> Sixers alumni. People have been saying get we want Raja Bell to ring the bell. Like me. Oh, that's fantastic. No, I, you know what? I stay away from that. You guys asked me about, like, I – I don't even, go, I don't go back to the Suns. It's not like a Sixers thing. It's like, I just, like, I feel kind of like my NBA time was passed and now I'm on to something different. So like, I watch from afar. I, I am cheering for him though, bro. Like, I, I think that's interesting though, because yeah. the further I get away, the more I'm like, yeah, I should probably go back and take my kids to see where I played. Like, yeah. take them mm-hmm. to Giant Stadium. Yep. To go somewhere. But I told you guys this before on the podcast. The only team that really reaches out to me is the Falcons. And they were, that was like awful when I was there. Like, it was the worst <laughs> right. teams I was on. So strange. And I only played there two years. It was like, well, I don't want to go back there. <laughs> but maybe one day I will go back. All right. Uh, do you think D Wade's done? Oh, uh, no. I think no. he plays another year. Yeah. Thank you. I Thank do. you. I think uh, so too. I, th- I think he's got something left in him, but he's very much, he's, he's realizing he's becoming a role player. I, well, he's, and, yeah, and minutes, not becoming, he's like, been a role player <laughs> right. in my mind. I mean, here's the question for, and I probably off topic a little bit, but I think it's interesting. It's like, what the heck did the Heat do? What do they do now? That roster, like, they spent a yeah, lot no, of money on a bunch of guys that aren't. Get Kawhi and LeBron? Do they get rid of Whiteside? That was the worst. I'm a Pat Riley fan. I'm a Heat fan, despite the fact that I never got to play at home. All right. I'm over that. <laughs> but no, I mean, that was a bad signing at the time. I, I, I didn't. I get that you don't want to give him up for nothing. Like, but I don't subscribe to the school of thought that someone else is going to pay him. And I don't want to look if he's not worth that money. Like, and maybe that's why I'm not an NBA GM. I'm not paying him that money. And there's a reason why the dude was in Lebanon and in the D league and in the China. China and in, there's a reason you think that all that goes away because you got him in the heat culture. Mm-hmm. That doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, he's been a problem the whole time he's been there, and I don't think it's going away either. I, I think they have to figure out something, but they're, they've got him. They're they, stuck with him well, now. And they screwed themselves mismanaging that whole situation. If you know you have something like that, and it's as volatile as he is, and you're going to invest in it, then you've also made the investment that you're going to treat it with baby you know, kid gloves to some degree. You're going to make sure that it works for you. You don't invest that kind of money and time and then – Turn around and just, you know, devalue the heck out of it like they have. I don't even, you could trade him right now. Uh, so the sell, the other, uh, matchup in the East, the Celtics, they take a two, uh, three, two advantage over the Bucks. They won 92-87. I tell you, I, 
have been a little bit disappointed by Giannis in this one that he could not carry this. And maybe they still win. Maybe they still win. They won two at home. Like they got it back to even. But I'm surprised that they're struggling still with the Celtics team that's young and talented, but they're without their superstars who have been hurt. And I'm kind of waiting for Giannis to step up and take that next step. Uh, you'll be – well, I think he's fully capable, but I think you'll continue to wait. And this is going to be like a down-to-the-wire series. It's very physical. Uh, last night they were basically playing rugby on a basketball court, yeah. low scoring. Like all of that is going to speak to – the, the way the Celtics want to play in this series, minus their offensive weapons. They want to grind you out possession by possession. The problem with Milwaukee when I watch them is they expect Giannis to do too much. Giannis doesn't have a jump shot yet. So anytime. Can, you, can, can he develop that? Yeah, sure. He will. Sure. I mean, and his, his free throw line jump shot, his pull up, his one leg step back, all of that is kind of there. It's growing and he'll be a, he'll be a, a able to proficiently knock down jump shots, but it's not there yet. And they expect this guy who's 6'11 to do all the creating on his own. He's got nobody else around who creates shots for him, um, whether it be in the mid post or, you know, drive and kick or anything. And so, you know, it's kind of like I say with LeBron, like sometimes guys that are that good, like you default because you know if you give them the ball, they'll get something done. But Giannis isn't 15 years in and 33 years old and seen and done everything. You need to help him. He's still a young player. You need to get him some easy buckets. He's 6'11". He's virtually unstoppable around the rim. Get him some buckets around the basket with your sets. The point guard position and the guard position in general there is more of a scoring type of position for them. He needs to play with someone who's more of a set-the-table kind of guy to help him get some easy buckets. It's not fair to the kid without a jump shot to expect him to do all the work on his own, off the bounce, creating shots for himself and others. That's why you see him struggle. They stymied him last night. He got 10 shots up. Mm-hmm. They were they had five sets of eyes defensively looking at him at all times. When you don't have a jump shot and you have to get to the rim, I mean, that becomes almost impossible. It's when you just start giving the ball up, uh, and they need him They need him to shoot the ball 16, 17-plus times a game for them to have a chance, but you got to put him in position to do that. So in the playoffs, he's actually taken two and a half uh, less shots per game in the playoffs than he did in the regular season. And you, So you would credit that to the Celtics' defense. Like, that's Brad Stevens well, coming up with that game plan. Yeah, because I almost feel like if like Ty Lue called out LeBron, like I almost feel like Giannis has to kind of take this team and put it on his back. But maybe it's maybe he's not there yet. Well, I don't – first of all, I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he his skill set is – is as well-rounded as LeBron's is. Like, you see LeBron making a lot of jumpers now. He's got mid-post work now. LeBron has rounded out his game. Um, it's incredible to say that when he's the best player on the planet for, like, the right, last two right. decades. But he, he has gotten better. And so, when you get look, when you get in a seven-game series, I know everything you're going to do. During the course of a regular season, when I play you, just from, from a time-constraint perspective, like, I don't have time to really dig into your offense. I might, if I'm the coach, I might show you guys four plays – that the team we're playing tonight is going to run against us because that's a basically as much as you're going to retain in one night and all we can prepare for. But in a seven-game series, I will give you DVDs of every person you're playing mm-hmm. so you know all their tendencies, you know all their habits, you know all their spots. I will then give you another DVD of every single set they run, right, so you know all of those inside out. And we will strategize and game plan accordingly from night to night. So it's not about catching somebody by surprise with your offense, right, like mm-hmm. it might in a regular season. I know everything you do, and that's why you can see them lock in on Giannis, where he wants to get it, where he likes to shoot it from, um, and it becomes exponentially harder to score in the playoffs. It's why you have to have someone else out there creating, because you can't account for creativity. You can account for a set, but if you got a guard that can create and then just slip it to Giannis as he gets to the basket, you can't account for that draw on the help side and an easy dunk. Uh, they need that a little bit. 
All right, out west, the Warriors finally finished off the uh, the, uh, the Spurs, 99-91. They take care of business after having to slip up in the third game. I don't think I learned anything new about the Warriors at all. Yeah, like I, I still feel like I'm kind of in the same boat. I want I need to see what Steph looks like when he comes back. He's supposed to be reevaluated. That to me is the most critical part of their team. Because if he's not 100, percent I have doubts whether they get by Houston. Sure. If he's 100, percent I would go with the Warriors. Like it comes down to how does he look? How much time does he have to get acclimated? Does he have a whole series? Can he come back uh, as quickly as the first as game? Oh, one so you're not? Two? Are you you're not giving the Pelicans any look? Oh. I, I, I would, <laughs> without Steph, without, I probably would consider it with more. or without. Well, you're saying I with. think that's going to be a series. Yeah, I do. I think it's going to be. I think Holiday and Rondo um, are big, strong, athletic, like nasty type of guards, um, and you need that in a series like that. You and think then even with Steph. Even with Steph, I don't say that. I don't know well, that they Steph, beat them. Steph, when he comes back, too, is he can't just go. Like, you can't just put him back and he's full speed. He's ready to go. There's going to be an acclimation period, and that, that yeah. could cause issues. Yeah, more. maybe a, a minute restriction. Yeah. Like, you know, there's going to be some chemistry. And so, you know, Anthony Davis is a complete problem um, offensively. The Warriors don't really have anyone that can play that. And, and, and on the flip side of that, I mean, Kevin Durant is a complete mismatch problem for, for the Pelicans. But... The Pelicans are a lot better, I think, than, than I thought coming into the playoffs, even though I thought they'd be Portland. When they're hungry, and, and Rajon Rondo seems to me, I don't know him well enough, but the type of dude that would just be in there like needling his teammates every day. Mm-hmm. Like these MF, you think like Golden State, they give us no chance against Golden State. Like these two, like I think he's the type of dude that psychologically will have them like just you know, frothing at the mouth to get a chance at Golden State. I think it could be entertaining. Yeah, it definitely will. I can't wait to watch that series unfold. Uh, tonight we've got the Pacers, Cavs. Mm-hmm. How do you see this playing out? I see, uh, I see LeBron James going like vintage LeBron and winning, uh, tonight. I think it could wind up getting out of hand, actually. I think this, the, the, the Cavs have not played well this series. They played well in, in bits and pieces. I think you could see them role players typically play better at home. Um, it's why they're, it's why we were role players. Like we play better at home, uh, specifically in the playoffs. And so I think you'll see him get a supporting cast effort tonight. Don't know that anybody's going to go off for 30. I think Kevin Love's going to play better. He I, has to. Yeah, I do. I, I believe it. Um, because it, to, to the point I think you're going to make, like if he doesn't, like how, like what type of blame for this season kind of falls on Kevin Love's shoulders? Cause LeBron's done LeBron. Right. The rest of those guys are like, they're not all stars. Like what? T- what type of pressure is on Kevin Love for 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 not living up to his end of the bargain if they don't if they don't get it done and he specifically doesn't get it done. Vegas is in your on your side. Yeah, the, uh, the Cavs are a six and a half point favorite. The public money or the dumb money is jumping on the Pacers, so I might Ooh. actually go to bat with the Cavs. Like okay, because it does like it does have like that six and a half line feels like it's begging you. Like Vegas saying, go ahead and take the Pacers. You think they're going to keep this game close? Go ahead and take them. Right. And this does feel like a game where LeBron and the Cavs are sort of going to break out now. Does that make you feel more confident, or do you have to see what happens going back to Indiana? Um, let's see. I, I I said this to you the other day, Dan. Like when when you get a chance to beat LeBron, and they're vulnerable, mm-hmm. you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, you know you do. Yeah. Like and and you, I know everybody's gonna say, well, all the depot didn't play great, and this and that. I get it, but they still had a chance to win despite whatever happened. You have to take that opportunity to beat them. If you let them slip away, um, 
He's too good. I just fi- I, he's too good. I said it from the start. They'll figure out a way to win the series. Uh, Jazz Thunder. They got game five after hey. your boy Russell hey. Westbrook. He took it personally about rookie Ricky Rubio, but hey. it threw off his other his complete game. Like he was so invested. in He shutting lost down his mind. He did. Yeah. He, and you knew he was going to do that. Yeah. And it's like, what is going on? They they're down three one. Is it over? Is it a wrap? It's a wrap. Total. It's done. It's a wrap. Your boy Charles Barkley and Shaq, I think, both guaranteed that OKC was going to win this next game. They may. Yeah. It's still a wrap. <laughs> right. uh, they they might go home and win. Um, the Jazz are playing really good basketball right now. They're playing, again, they've got a lot of shooters. Like Joe, In- Joe Ingles. Ingles. Yeah. Ingles. Like, I got to do a lot of props, man. Like, I, I didn't hate on him. I, I, I just didn't know. I didn't know that he was that tough of a dude. Like, NBA players have skill sets. It's why they're NBA players. Like, he's probably, what, 6'7", six, 6'8". Um, uh, and he can shoot the ball and can handle it. He plays pick and roll. He makes good plays. So there's a reason he's an NBA player, but he's a tough dude, man. Like he ain't backing down from nobody. The Paul George, um, you know, game one kind of woke him up. And I see, you know, he's taking the challenge as like, when I watch the jazz, you've got five guys out there on that court with a chip on their shoulder, mm-hmm. a visible one. Yeah. You know, and then the crowd, you could tell the crowd's got a level of chip on their shoulder, like a straight, we've been disrespected mentality. I typically go with teams like that. Yeah. The 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 Thunder are kind of like, yeah, we're you know we're we've nice. Been there, we've done we're, that. We're going to do. We'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Jazz are hungry, and I like that. Uh, what about the Wizards Raptors? This, this this series got real entertaining really fast when they uh, when yeah. they went back to Washington, tied it up two two. The backcourt battles, the kind of the matchup that's been determining this one. How do you see this one playing out? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I think at the end of the day, the Raptors will win. I think. Because role players play better at home and you have game seven at home, they'll figure it out. They'll win tonight. They may go to game six and lose in Washington. Uh, but I think they figure it out in game seven only if Kyle Lowry doesn't start to like look have at past. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I think the guards are all going to do what the guards do. Like the numbers will vary to some degree, but they're, they're going to have good games. Like if one of those guards, either, you know, Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan or, John Wall or Bradley Beal lay an egg, that team will lose. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they're all all-stars. They're going to do what they do. It's what you get around the perimeter, like of the fringes. And I think that two out of three being at home for Toronto speaks to their role players playing better. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it does come down to Kyle Lowry, too. If you, I don't know if you guys saw the game, but when they when they lost the game in Washington, he like bounced like straight to the locker. There were like Uh-oh. five seconds left as it was going out. And I don't know if he was ticked or if he was like, what's going on? I don't know what it was. But he is a basket case. Like, if I, it's almost like one of those guys where I'm not, I was never, did you ever have a sports psychologist? Like, did you ever meet with people? Um, no. Uh-uh. I didn't either. But we like had him on our teams. Right. And they always kinda, wanted to meet with you. <laughs> right. But. I didn't want anybody in my head like that. Let me go out and do my thing. Bounce. But with him, I would say, let's get you with a sports psychologist. Yeah. Like, let's get you down, get some positive vibes, and get you through this. Me- and I think he would be like, yes, yeah, sign me oh, up. Oh, you think he knows yeah. he did? Oh, absolutely. Like, he's, any, he, the thing that's kind of, re- he's been so refreshingly, I don't know if it's refreshing, but he's been really honest about his mental hurdles. I mean, that's why he was in the yeah. arena shooting, you know, last, you know, the couple years. He's in there after, after he struggled shooting, uh, shooting, uh, putting some hoops up after. Uh, T Rolls, uh, what, Rockets? Series yeah, it's a wrap. a wrap. It's a wrap. I'm with you. All right. Speaking of wrap, let's get to here's what's happening with Hannah. Here's what's happening with Hannah. Surprise, surprise. Both Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are returning. Gronk posted on IG yesterday saying, I met with coach today and informed him I will be back. 
for the 2018 season with the Pats. I have been working out, staying in shape, and feel great. Looking forward to another championship run. Get this. He's also put the hashtag Banza Make Her Dance. Gronk turns 29 <laughs> next month and will enter his ninth he's NFL so season. Gronk. Wait, Why are that we still was talking his official statement? It's my bestie. Was the hashtag yeah, Banza, make, Banza her make Her Dance was after he said, looking forward to another championship run. You know what my favorite thing about Gronk Can was? Can you say your line? Like, I want to say it so badly for you. I'm, I'm, I'm out. No, I'm with Gronk now. I'm with Gronk. <laughs> Especially because I saw a tweet of his. Not a tweet. It was an Instagram thing, okay. right? Of his. What's his Girl? girlfriend's name? Oh, Camila. Yeah, no. And, and he she commented. tagged him. Yeah. Like, and the tag happened to be, like, up on her <laughs> chest. And he said, I can't wait to snuggle right where I'm tagged or something <laughs> like that. I thought it was. Do you follow that account? Comments I don't. By it celebs? just popped up on my. On my it was fantastic. I, I ride with you now, Grump. Oh my god! That easy. <laughs> that easy, bro. You won me over. It's a funny relationship. All right. It was Shohei Otani versus the champs last night. Blisters that forced an early exit last week didn't affect Otani's velocity, hitting 100 miles per hour eight times. But he did allow four earned runs and five walks over the course of five and one third innings pitched. The Angels did pull out an 8-7 to seven victory over the Astros. Bringing that heat. <laughs> I mean, eight pitches over 100. I, I'm glad he's able to come back because I don't want the old school baseball people to step in and say, oh, see, he's got the blister. We're going to have to not let him hit anymore or, you know, make him give up one of the things he's doing. I want to see a two-way player what, succeed. What numbers does he have to have for it to be a success? I think he just has to be able to main, I, cause I don't, I mean, when he came out, he was on fire and people were saying, hey, he could be the Cy Young right. winner and the MVP. Like, I don't think it has to be that. I think, I just want to see a guy who can play both and keep being a starter. And I think he's going to exceed those expectations easily. Elsewhere in the MLB, baseball's top prospect close to losing that prospect status. The Braves said to promote outfielder Ronald Acuna. The 21-year-old struggled in AAA through April, but provides a world of potential for Atlanta. Boom. <laughs> 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 I was getting ready to toss it to Raja well, for some baseball like, talk with Raj. I'm Ronald in the same Acuna. boat. Yeah, he's awesome. All right. He's fast. That's a wrap. Um, all right, last one, guys. Saving the best for last. Game seven, two of the best words in sports. Tonight, the Maple Leafs and the Bruins duel in Boston for the chance to take on Tampa in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Who you got, guys? I got the Lightning. Uh, it's in, it, where's it at? It's not in, playing where, did you just say? <laughs> they take no, on the Tampa Lightning. in the Eastern. No, they will take them no, on. No, no. So it's I'm the Bruins and the Maple Leafs. Game. I'm talking about oh, Well, I'm I've asking them talking... about tonight's game. Where is the game? I'm sorry. I wasn't. It's, where, in, it's in Boston. Yeah, I'm taking Boston. Yeah, okay, me too. I'm taking Boston. I'm, I'm sorry. Boston I'm getting now. ahead of myself. I have been talking about Tampa from the beginning and you guys are all obsessed with your, your nights. That's right. So I, look, I just, I like, I joke a lot about the hockey thing, but I got to be in Boston, uh, in 1994, 95. Uh, around like that bean pot scene, the Boston University men's hockey team. Like I was really cool with a lot of those dudes, like Chris Drury, um, Mike Greer, like all of those guys we'd hang out and they won a national championship. And so like, I, I don't watch hockey like that, mm-hmm. but hockey games, especially big hockey games in, in a town like Boston. Yeah. Like it's going to be banana cakes. It's going to be off the, off the charts. It'll be electric cake. for sure. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about something we do know about, and that's football. Let's get on Dan Orlovsky. Have him join us right now. All right. We'd like to welcome back to the podcast our friend Dan Orlovsky. He's doing a great job, killing it all over. You can see him all over the place. Radio interviews, TV. I've seen him all over. He's got his backup plan podcast. Make sure you check that out. You can follow him at Dan Orlovsky7 on Twitter. Uh, he's breaking down some videos on there. Really fascinating stuff. If you like the hardcore breakdowns, it's awesome stuff. Really doing a great job. Uh, good to talk to you again, man. 
Good to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on again. Yeah, sure. I am going to start defending you because we talked about it the last time you had it on there. I didn't realize how bad it was with people giving you the hard time out of the back of the end zone. It's ridiculous. Like, people need to move on already. I just thought I had to get that out there. Uh, you had a pretty good... I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Before we break down uh, the quarterbacks, kind of talk about the draft a little bit, you had a really good piece with The Athletic. Uh, where you talked about draft, your draft day experience. And I thought it was really fascinating because a lot of times we think of it as this dream scenario where guys are going to become millionaires, mm-hmm. but it's not that way for everybody as there's so much indecision. What was your experience like? Yeah, I mean, going into it, I think every player goes, I'm going to get drafted here, and usually it's higher than we actually do get drafted. Mine was significantly higher. At least my expectation was to be significantly higher draft-wise than I ended up being. I thought I'd go somewhere in the second or third round and as the day went on, back when I got drafted, a lot like you, it was rounds one through three in the first day and then four through seven on the second day. And you start day one with, you know, I started day one with just this emotional experience of, man, this day is finally here. This day that, you know, was kind of this little seed planted in me by my dad introducing me to football and with a ton of work many years ago. And the day starts and it keeps going and, you know, I'm not getting drafted, not getting drafted, but it's not that not that unique because it was in the second or third round. And I've got a buddy who's a roommate of mine who gets drafted in the third round to the Saints. You know, and exterior wise, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome, but inside I'm like, wait, what? You know, what? I should have been the first one drafted type type experience. And then get to the end of the the, the first day, which is back in the third round, and well, Seattle had actually called me, checked me for my information. This is your this is your number. We're, we're thinking about drafting you with our next pick. And they end, up, they end up taking a quarterback out of Georgia, David Green. So that was a kick to the gut. And get to the back end of the third round, last pick. And it's uh, Broncos take Maurice Claret when he had all his off-the-field stuff and, and hadn't played football for a year. And so I just kind of lost it and got kicked off and shattered myself holding against the wall. Super mature move. And um, uh, just – Really rough night. You know, I had, man, am I ever going to play in the NFL type thing? Woke up the next morning, got a new phone with a drastically different outlook on the day, you know, and it wasn't the experience that I had thought I want, you know, was going to have and it wasn't fun and I was embarrassed and, and angry and what you name all the emotions. Finally ended up getting drafted and it was like those previous, I don't know, 36 hours or something were wiped away and out of tons of joy and, and, uh, and memories made and that, that feeling of finally it's here. So I, I kind of had a roller coaster type 36 hour draft day experience. I was, uh, that story is almost identical to mine. Kind of the same thing. Do you have, like, do you blame anybody? Was your agent telling you that? Where were you getting the information that you thought you were going to go higher? Yeah, I think, I think for myself, you know, I went into my senior season kind of on Mel Kuyper's big board, you know, and so I was like, oh, good type thing. And, this, my senior season went good, and I was still on Kuiper's big board. Now, my process of senior bowl and combine didn't go well, but I didn't I didn't really factor it in. It was going to have that much of an impact. You know, going into it, my agent and I had some conversations. You know how agents are. My agent was like, well, you don't know. He kind of said, I can see you going round two. I can see you going round six. And I was like, what? That's the whole draft, you know? <laughs> so I kind of kept my framework to be honest with you, I mean, again, I was relatively immature. I got drafted in the fifth round, and I remember shortly after that draft, I, my, my agent was a guy named David Dunn, athletes first, out of, in, based in Newport, California, Newport Beach, California. I fired him immediately within, within a, 
a couple of days and I signed with Rosenhaus. And my, one of the guys who works in my agency, Brian Murphy, is an East Coast guy, was in Cape Cod visiting family and I was in Connecticut. He came and spent the night outside of my house and talked me out of me firing them because I blamed them for me falling in the draft. So that was kind of a little caveat story. Was I, I blamed my agent for my fall. Yeah, that's that's an interesting story, man. You, at least you got drafted, you and Danny. I didn't even get drafted. I just sit there with my family the whole night and and watch everybody else get called. But um, hey, let me ask you because all all these uh, young quarterbacks are about to experience uh, some sort of draft night, either you know elation or disappointment. And so you know, since we last talked, you know, post combine, you've been watching and and kind of analyzing all the tape. Has any of your opinion on these quarterbacks changed or, or solidified since then? I think that my my, I think I've definitely been solidified on Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. You know, I just think Darnold's got, Darnold's got the chance. To, I I honestly believe to be transcendent. I think he can absolutely change Cleveland's franchise if he goes number one. I I believe that he's just got stuff that you can't coach, and he's got that creativity, the the Roethlisberger Romo type stuff that you there's just not a lot of people like him. Josh Rosen's got. You know his mind will will it, it's, it will stand the test of time in the NFL. If you if you can think really well and you've got physical attributes, but if you can think really well, you've got a chance to be a really good player. So I think solidified in those two guys. I've probably cooled a little bit on Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, I, after spending more time watching tape, I just think Oklahoma manufactured a ton of offense for him and. We just don't – in the NFL game, not that it can't, but we just don't see some of the stuff that they did scheme-wise transfer over to the NFL. And so you've got to ask yourself, can we carry some of those concepts on on an NFL offense? And not only can it be successful short-term, but long-term, can it be part of our foundation? So I've cooled on him just a little bit. I still love him. I, I, it's hard. I try to find reasons not to like him. I can't. But those for the I'm, I'm still I'm still pretty much similar to when we had talked last time, except for those little variables. All right, let's uh, we're gonna play a little game called like it, love it, or hate it as we talk about these quarterbacks. You gave us a little bit of glimpse. All right, I'll start. Love it. Nice, nice. There we go. All right, so first one, the Browns. Uh, the Browns considering Baker Mayfield at number one overall, as was reported by Adam Schefter yesterday. Like it, love it, or hate it. I hate it because – not because of Baker Mayfield, because Sam Darnold should be the pick. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Right. I agree nice. with that. Yeah. All right. Um, like it, love it, or hate it. The Browns potentially not taking a quarterback number one overall. I mean, I guess you just answered it. but <laughs> If I could say something gravely more damning than hate it, I would. But you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're drafting one for a reason. Like, you, you've tried to get cute over years with – Back in the first round, Brady Quinn and, and Johnny Menzel and Brandon Whedon. I mean, it, don't make it harder than it is to win the NFL. You know, I just, I, I, if they do it, I, I will drive to Cleveland and, and put my application for general manager. I would give you, <laughs> I, the only pushback I would give you is that you could get a, the, the best offensive player and the best, or the best defensive player in the draft in Barkley or Bradley Chubb, and you could still get a quarterback at four. 
And like that, like, cause I, well, I think that, and, and don't forget, like, here's what I keep telling them. They also have Tyrod Taylor, who's a pretty good quarterback. Like, he's not elite, but I think if you put Tyrod Taylor in a system where you got Saquon Barkley in the backfield with a defense that could be dominant getting after the passer, that that might be enough to get you to the playoffs. Now, long term, is it your answer? Probably not, but you don't know. Like when, like we see, we saw Case Keenum make a deep run in the playoffs. We saw Blake Bortles make a deep run in the playoffs. We've seen guys who aren't elite re, and, you know, with good teams around them have a lot of success. That would be like if I was a, a playing cr- contrarian saying, Hey, they don't have to take quarterback number one overall. Like that's the argument I would give you. Yeah. I, 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 I like that. I would say kind of my two arguments or pushbacks on that are, we're still sitting here today, a year removed from those guys, or four or five months removed from Blake Bortles and Case Keenum, kind of making playoff pushes, and there's still question marks next to their names. You know, so are you? If you're Cleveland, do you want to be in that same position again next year? And then, you know, I love running backs. I do. I I, I don't like defensive ends, but I love running backs. But I know this: a, AP was the most dominant back in the NFL for the last ten years, by far the most dominant back. It got Minnesota five playoff games. And two of those were with Brett Favre. So uh, running backs are impactful, and they, they really help your football team, but they don't change organizations. And Cleveland just needs to be changed. They true, they don't need to be a little bit better. They need to be changed. So that's that's kind of what my, th- my thinking behind it is as well. All right, like it, love it, or hate it, the Patriots reported interest in Lamar Jackson. I hate it. <laughs> really? I hate it. Well, I just – I look at it like this. They – brought Josh McDaniels back from Indianapolis and they didn't do it without giving him some pretty good understanding of what his future's got to be there. I mean, it's not like, Hey Josh, we're going to bring you back for another year to be ROC. I would imagine that they've had some conversations about him being the long-term answer at head coach there. You're and he's one of your greatest strengths. He's probably one of the best three minds in football. He's the, Lamar Jackson would be the opposite of what Josh McDaniels has done and been so well at of over a decade in the NFL. So why would you take one of your greatest organizational strengths in Josh McDaniels and then make him change everything that he does to fit the player? You find a player that is relatively similar and can run a lot of the stuff that you've run over a decade. That's what Josh McDaniels strength is. And it's such a weapon. So I just, that's why I don't see it. It's not more, it's not about Lamar Jackson. Although, I will say this, the Patriots have always been kind of their own trailblazers, and they've been a little bit ahead of the game in the past, but I do hate it just because I think you take away Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I would tend to agree, too. And if you, I, I don't picture Lamar Jackson being a quarterback in the NFL with a similar skill set as Tom Brady, which is, shouldn't be a knock to him because I don't see him sitting there pinpoint precision passing you know, uh, throughout an entire season. I would see a team that could utilize him and change their offense a little bit um, to, to try to use his skill set. That's the way he's going to have a success there. All right, Josh Allen won't be a game changer in the NFL. Like it, love it, or hate it. Yeah, I love it. I just, I'm such a believer in, in kind of my experiences of being around some guys and just watching the NFL for a bunch of years that there's a difference between playing quarterback and being a thrower. And a lot of the throwers will have some flash to the pan here and there or maybe be good, but they're not going to be game changers. They're not going to be franchise changers. And to be a franchise changer, you've got to play quarterback. And to play quarterback, it's got to be from the neck up. So for those reasons, I don't think, I just don't, I don't see it transferring over well. He's, He's never dominated at the college level. Why would I think he's going to at the NFL level? 
I'm with you. I think people forget it gets harder at the next level, not easier. Like all of a sudden he's going to solve his problems, uh, you know, because he has a better coach or something. It's just not going to happen. With all these quarterbacks, I think the only way I could, like, I want to wait and see where they go because I think more so than ever, it matters with all these quarterbacks, the system they're in, the surrounding talent. Like whoever goes to the Jets, I think is going to be in trouble. Like it doesn't, and if that includes Darnold, who I, I'm with you, like I like him. Or if it's big, like I think it has to have the most stable conditions around him. So I think it's really dependent on these guys, which is the way it is for most quarterbacks. There aren't many out there that can just go in and change a franchise. So I think it kind of remains to be seen. All right, let's do another game we got for you. All right, you ready for this one? This <laughs> this is yeah, our no doubt. this is our picks and props segment. All right, so you have to give us our over unders okay. on these. All right, so Roger Goodell. The number of daps or hugs that he gets, we set it at eight and a half versus Roger Goodell handshakes in the first round. Which side are you taking? Oh, I'm going to go, I'll, I'll take the over, so the over is eight and a half on hugs? Yes. I'll take the over. Yeah, the hugs lately have become a thing. I think it's going to be way over. I think that's an easy one. You guys are both wrong. Oh, yeah. you're going to I think we're having eight in the first top ten. <laughs> exactly. I would say so, too. Although although Goodell's image has been crushed lately, so maybe they go hard. I'd hug the hell. Listen, dude, if I was a top Absolutely. ten pick, I'm hugging Fair everybody hug. on the stage. I want, to, I want some player to come out and, and just kind of like, I don't want not embarrass Goodell, but do something just super stupid in front of him to see how he reacts to it. <laughs> He's a robot. He wouldn't do anything. All right, I got another one for you. Years Tom Brady plays versus trades in the top 10 on Thursday. Oh, I'll pick trades in the top 10. Ooh. Yeah, I think there's going to be I a like lot that. of trades, too. And I don't know. Brady's got a year, maybe two left, so oh, I like that. I hope I hope it's just one. All yeah, right. I think there's going to be a good – I think there will be plenty of trades because of the quarterbacks. Yeah. So – Number of players that Mitt Romney knows on the Utah Jazz roster versus Bradley Chubb's <laughs> draft position. <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, I'm going to say Bradley Chubb's draft position. I don't even know if Mitt Romney can legit name a single player. I am fully on board with that. He can name Donovan Mitchell. And that's, he'll probably say Gordon Hayward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. How about the uh, the number of quarterbacks drafted in the first round uh, versus mistakes that Zaza the Parrot makes delivering the Bucks selections? <laughs> I didn't know that was huh. the Parrot's name. There actually is a Parrot. Go, yeah. gonna do it. I'll go with quarterbacks in the first round. Yeah. That's an easy one for yeah. me. It's going to be way more than that because they're going to have some mistakes, right? All right, and last one for I, I you. I would imagine that. Last one for you. Number of Instagram posts that Kevin Durant accidentally likes a day versus wide receivers taken in the first round. Uh, I'm going to go, now that Golden State has <laughs> finished off that series, he's going to have some idle time, I imagine, with a day off. So I'll go Durant liking posts just because he'll be sitting there. Idle time, nothing to do. Moved on <laughs> from the Spurs. I'm going to actually press the, accidentally hit the heart button too many times. <laughs> but yeah. it might be his uh, his burner account, so we might it's not true. even know about it. All right, good stuff, man. <laughs> hey, we appreciate the time. Uh, make sure you go follow him at Dan Orlovsky7. Uh, you can ch- also check out his article at The Athletic that talks about his draft day experience. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for joining us, as always. No, I appreciate you guys having me. That was fun. Anytime. All right, so the NFL draft is here. It's upon us. Uh, tomorrow night kicks off CBS Sports HQ. Seven to midnight. 
I'm not really? real happy about that. I'll be on the set and then Roger, follow what are you up. doing during 7 to midnight? 7 to midnight? Yeah. Sleeping. I'm out. <laughs> so we're going to do that. But it's going to be all over like every network. Like, yeah. basically, I'll watch you're for gonna a while. Be sat- it's going to be oversaturation of draft coverage, which is a good thing. Uh, our So Debo came up with a, a drinking game idea, which is if you're sitting there the watching a draft, if you're having a couple. I don't, Honestly, you I should wish participate. I could. Yeah, uh, that could be the idea. best draft coverage ever. So I'm like, this guy's going to be a bust. No, no, you should definitely it would be participate. Uh, so so Debo came up, asked our followers uh, at Off the Bench at, at Canel and Bell on, on Twitter for some suggestions of names that you would hear. So which ones do you think you would be the drunkest if you heard some of these? So dynamic... Yeah, you'd so have that. Yeah, upside. For sure. Upside all day long. Yeah. Physical specimen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a ball hawk. Yes. Yeah. You're oh, yeah. doing a lot of shots there. A high motor. Oh, yeah, for and sure. Then it should that be might like, be the most high motor is, is yeah. <laughs> and then if it was about a white guy, you'd have to do double the shots. Like, is that, <laughs> if, then he, if he had a high motor. Yeah. Uh, a bridge quarterback. That's a rare one that I think you would actually get. Like that should be like the secret one that's in there. That should you know? be a secret one. Uh, I like. I, I could see Buffalo trading up right here to get their guy. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> one. A couple times. Yeah. <laughs> get a couple that's going to happen early though, so you might yeah. not yeah. have to do it that much. Uh, green room, as yeah. the players in there. Like I think, I think you see Josh Rosen sitting in the green room. Don't a lot of green room references as he's dropping. Why go? Wait, the well, best because it's like your experience. You could go; it'd be pretty sweet. You'd have to guarantee me top five. You'd have to guarantee. Yeah, there's, there's no way that you're going to watch. I don't think I'd go you're not going to watch my emotional roller coaster as I slip right. down to twenty five. What if you're a dude who was it last year? There was a player last year who knew he wasn't going to get drafted in the first round, and he like went anyway and was like hanging out, did the red carpet. Yeah, I forget who it was, and he was like, "I'm just going to enjoy the experience." That, that's a different story. You no, know? like, like you know it. Yeah, because there are guys in the NBA draft all the time that like they come sit from in the stands. Yeah, they sit in the stands like European guys just waiting to hear their name called. I'm with that, but I'm not going to be like a. A top ten prospect with no guarantee and yep. and slide into How about 30. day one starter? Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Wait, I don't see. I feel like one of the most common words is mom. Ooh, no, seriously, mom. Yeah, like, they get the hug. Yeah. Moms are shout out. Love seeing mom. She's yeah. crying. Maybe not so much on Thursday, but like definitely Friday, Saturday. All those stories come in. These guys buy their mom's cars. Like that's the best. Word. All right, so Raja, you said you wouldn't go to the draft. Would you do a big party? A big party if I if I was a, a top ten guy. What if you were just like a a, a top three rounds guy? And like, let's just say like, when you, do you have the? Party? No, I'm not. That's big, what I think it's a good question because like, I've seen parties where the guy's waiting doesn't get drafted. Yeah. Right, it sucks. Yeah, and then you're just like hungover and have to deal with it. <laughs> I would party I after selection, like right, like I but they, get drafted. I do my family for the draft, like smaller yeah. thing, family for the draft at the house, um, maybe really close friends. But then once drafted, like. The next day we'll throw we'll throw a oh that's a party. true yeah. the next you know day I mean? after yeah draft. or like a week a week yeah. after like yeah. have a draft that's like true. you're celebrating there Danny do you oh. remember quarterbacks taken ahead of you uh yeah for sure Tony Banks was the first one off the board Tony Banks yeah who did, where, no I don't only, there was a thing that I think USA Today put put together a list of um the worst quarterback classes in history and it's funny because two of them work here Brady <laughs> Quinn his class was listed as one of the worst mine was too. Tony Banks was the only guy taken in the Where first. Where was he? He from? might have been the second round. Uh, second Michigan round. State. Michigan State. That was the Michigan highest State. quarterback taken was in the second round. That, that's how wow. bad the class yeah, was. Right. Then it was Bobby Hoying, and uh, he wasn't even the second. Uh, the second, he was the third. Shout he was out. taken right before me. And then uh, what's my man's name? Uh, Jeff Green. Uh, I got Jeff from Lewis from Northern Arizona. Jeff, Jeff Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, Jeff he, who Lewis. actually is no longer with us. It's kind of like, sad. He's oh, not alive really? anymore. Sorry. Yeah, Forgive which me. is kind of sad. Yeah. Um, but and then Danny Cannell, number. Bam! Pick one thirty-one. No, 
130. Oh, 130. Daniel Cannell. <laughs> my experience was miserable. Like Orlovsky, no like was talking to us about. Yeah, I, it was, so I went to play golf in the morning. Yep. And I was like, That's oh yeah, good. I'll come back. And the draft started at noon. And I got back at like one or two. And I'm, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, maybe there's a long shot. Somebody really liked me. And got and picked you were in the first paid. round. <laughs> Get back. I'm like, anybody call? <laughs> nope. Yeah. And then, so it was the first three rounds. And I sat there and watched every time there was a team that What'd I had talked to. you really just sat there? Yeah. With, like, who? My dad, like, my sister, like, Did my you, mom. I they were kind of coming and going. so much food, like, anxiety uh, eating. It's too long of a draft. And it started at like 12, it, and it didn't go over to, like, 7 yeah, or 8 at night. So it was, like, 7 waiting. or 8 hours waiting. Nope. And then didn't go and had to wait all night long to the next one. So it sucked. And the thing was, every team that you had met with, because, like, the Dolphins had brought me down for a meeting. I'd flown around. They're all you know, liars, bro. Absolutely, they're, they're liars. liars. But the Giants, who actually ended up picking, I didn't have one talk with them, didn't have wow. any inkling I was going to go there. I was like, what? The, the Giants? Are Dude, huh? No, yeah. listen. For the casual fan out there, um, everybody in these front off, they lie. That's all they, they lie. Like they, their job is to make sure you feel like, like you're indispensable to them. They're on the phone the very next second trying to trade you. Like it's, it's business, <laughs> bro. They're, it's, right. it's all lies. It Do is. you remember the Atlanta Hawks selected ahead of you? Uh, yeah, uh, we had Jason Terry, Dion Glover, Cal Bowdler, um, Roberto Bergeson, and I, there may have been one more, but I don't, those are the ones that stick out. Um, and I got to go to camp with all of them except Roberto Bergeson. I played against Roberto in the CBA. Um, he's a good dude. But broke, was, broke there, his nose? What'd you do? Um, <laughs> yeah, I caught him with an elbow, not on purpose, and, but he split his face open on the floor after Ooh. I hit him because he passed out. Oh, and like it wound his face open? Yeah, like he split like his forehead down to his, like, I, I don't remember exactly where it was, but Goodness. I felt awful. Um, but I he took my draft position, dog. Did you know we had some people that were very upset about the Usher story? Really? That we were encouraging child violence. <laughs> I, no, I wasn't like I, I wasn't know, encouraging, and I, I want to make that this clear. Is Twitter, but, like, this is Twitter. Don't yeah. worry about it. Don't even. Let, it, don't even. It let also it get you. your guy Jermaine Jones. Jermaine Jones was picked by the by the Hawks. Yeah, I guess he didn't. Start he must with have them. been traded. Yeah. No, maybe he went. to Am I crazy? Did Jermaine? Might have got traded. Um. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't have to wait there seven hours. Mine was like a three hour thing, so it was pretty. It was like ripping off a band aid. Let's finish it up with some topics, Debo. What do you got for us? Topics. So this is something I think Hannah is probably really talented at. I might have some experience with it. Where but is this going? It's, it's stalking in a nice way. When you go on someone's <laughs> Instagram, you see if someone's still dating, and, sure. and you check if they still have pictures with said person. If it's mm-hmm. gone, you know something's up. That's what's happening right now with Julio Jones and the Falcons. Is he still dating the Falcons? He deleted every picture he had on his Instagram involving the Falcons. What's it mean? He doesn't follow anyone anymore. Did he follow people before? Because I noticed so he's, he's following like, literally zero people now. Because too. this was his defense, is that his he, his team, his people, said he's hitting a refresh on his social media. Like he's reinventing himself. Well, but, but, o- but only deleted right. the, yeah, he the didn't Falcons. Delete the whole account. Just oh, the Falcons. He has also, 17 posts currently. The most recent one, he made his, Catching a Fish. He made his Twitter private. What kind of fish? And then after all this talk, he made it public again. Yellowfin. Interesting. Like, it's just weird. Like, why do guys Where's, do this? I don't know. I mean, is he... I love this two conversations. Is he hinting at something? <laughs> Wait, what kind of fish? Where's the yellow well, thing? there was a lot of speculation, and Falcons fans were freaking out. Right. Thinking, oh, my gosh. Is right he going to so. hold out? or is Because he, he got paid, but he shouldn't. And then there were some trade rumors. Like, is he upset about that? So, I, I think... It's probably not, it's probably nothing. It's, it's probably like this is hypersensitive media saying and fans saying, "Oh my gosh, what did he do?" When I it probably know. is maybe he just decided to have a personal account and he doesn't want to have football pictures on his personal account. No, then yeah, he would make a separate. 
personal account. Okay. Well, maybe he's having one made. Like maybe he's paying somebody to do that. Like I, I honestly, I feel like Debo, you're onto something when you, get you the, when you said the breakup thing. Right. It's like they when didn't, someone you might didn't grow up in the Instagram age. You might be though. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you're gonna delete all the pictures of like of of a significant other on right. your Instagram. That's a it's a it's, it's a over. Rat. It's a wrap. Except sometimes a lot you of You guys are missing that, the point, though. This man is catching yellow fins. Where is that happening? <laughs> I need to know where the tuna are right Let me see now. if he tagged it. <laughs> Why do you go delete Hashtag the pictures? Like, no, you I feel it. like Everybody you have to keep you it. Yeah, no. My rule is if you post it, you keep it forever. Right. Like, you just have to. Because right. Then you look bitter and like a loser yes. if you tag. Like, oh, my god. And gosh, then like when you feelings. unfollow the person, oh, my God, I used to stalk the crap out of these people That's why they were still Do they have mute on Instagram now? Because that would be killer. I don't think so. Yeah, they need to have a mute. You mean no, mute, just unfollow. You unfollow <laughs> or block a follower, right? Well, yeah, but you can. They don't know you unfollow. Just hit them with like that Victor Oladipo and unfollow. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I had to bring it up again. All right, that's song. a story that's developing. This is a story that developed yesterday. College football fans almost had the Toledo Shreks. Kinda. The university tweeted out yesterday: if this tweet gets five hundred thousand retweets, we'll change our mascot to Shrek. What? Well, and it started happening. It, it, it would have gotten there. But they deleted it. They said it was a hoax. Uh, <laughs> said it caused a distraction. <laughs> Almost had somebody, track. some kid, nah. like who's like an like some kid, you know, is a student. Yeah, is freaking out. Like, oh my gosh, what I do? And he probably went through like <laughs> it. Probably started to go up the chain, and somebody called him and said, "You got to, you know, you got to, we got to get rid of this. We yeah, have this happen." It's fan, like it was the best, it's the most they've been talked about in probably 10 years. Okay, so it wasn't like a verified from their, no, from it was their, their initial, no, it, but I'm, that's what I'm saying is like some kid was running their account. Oh, no, yeah, you gotta, no, right. then that's a, that's a contract. I think we, I think they should have to change their name to Shrek. It's legal. I honestly, it's legally I just, binding now. Like you need a promise. There's like some Shrek fans now. It's like a know? pinky swear. See, I think you should have embraced it because it yeah. was really fun the way it was going and maybe have a game where you're the Shreks or something where you create, like you make a jersey. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, That's what roll I'm saying. with it. Yes. It was, like, you it's like a minor league baseball thing. Yeah. yeah, I want some people to roll with when it. When you yeah. get the attention, you got attention. <laughs> no, but that assures you that next year when the time comes, like yeah. you're you're back on every, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely, major right. platform. Correct. You're going to be out there. <laughs> Correct. All right, this a fun one. In a new trend, athlete visits military base, gets attacked by military dog. This time... <laughs> It's our coworker what's Rip Hamilton. Rip, what's wrong with you, bro? Yo, he held his own. No, he yeah. stayed up. Stayed upright. I would have. Would you do it? Bloody murder. Hell no. Even if you're wearing all no. that junk. No. Well, what like what good could come from it? Video on our Twitter page at Canal and Bell. What good? You can be on TMZ. Yeah, I'm cool. Um, <laughs> you good with that? Like. No, seriously. Like I ask I my boys this sometimes. I feel like what it was nothing. like to get attacked by a dog, mm-hmm. and like that's the same thing as like jumping in the sh- in those ocean with the sharks. Like you're in a cage, you're protected. What good can come from it? <laughs> if you, you can tell me one good thing, piece. Like, it's a conversation viral. piece. Um, yeah. At least he like stayed up. Max Holloway went down like right away. So did Mark Ingram a couple weeks ago. Oh really? So Rip looked good. What's that conversation go like when one of those pieces of equipment slips off? (laughs) Like what's that go like? Hey Rip, Jesus man, I'm look. This has never happened before. It's not gonna slip off. He's like suited up. I don't know anything. I'm literally running. You know what I'll do? I'll I'll cheer for one of you guys when it happens. Uh, I would do it. I would do it for like some money. Yeah, Rip having fun. Hey, (laughs) look, I could take you guys. There are plenty of kennels and dog breeders around here. We can get this cracking, right? (laughs) We can go right. I would do it for money. I could take you guys right down in the city. We were in Overtown at a tournament today. I bet. Like we could figure it out. Speaking of animal athlete attacks, a goose. No. He was super effective in taking down a high school golfer in Michigan. The picks are crazy. Again, check those out on our Twitter page. You guys have any? Did you guys see this? No. 
Uh, really was mad like no no i'm not kidding so this was like a high school kid he was at like a uh, it was like a golf tournament for his high school was called like blissfield high and this was like anything but blissful this poor guy is like he's just enjoying his sunday and then he gets completely killed by this canadian goose now have you guys ever been face to face with a canadian goose look at him i used to live around some of them you don't mess with them yes they live in like full flight they live in like north florida the guy not the bird like the guy's a straight (laughs) no they're mean even like so i used to i went to university of north florida for like a year in jacksonville and those things were like squirrels on campus they were freaking Everywhere. everywhere And there was one time I dropped a book near one, and this thing thought I was about to attack it. Starts, like, waddling towards me. Then, like, goes in the air. I literally was sprinting. You are, Sprinting sure. for my life. Um, Those have, things are not to be messed with. Have you ever hit a bird with a golf ball? No. No? Have you? Bro. <laughs> Miami <laughs> Shores Miami stuff. Shores Country Club. Like, I don't know, three wood maybe. But, like, kind of caught it thin. So it was like a line drive burner. <laughs> And that damn duck just caught flight at the wrong time. It cracked him right under his ribs there. I felt I felt oh, awful. That's so sad. Because my drive was only like 150 yards. I care less about the bird. Like, like no, but I hit it with dogs. Joking, 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 joking. I'm joking. Yeah, no, I accidentally hit the bird. Like, it just Do you came remember when it was Dave Winfield threw a ball in the outfield and hit a bird? This was a yeah. long time ago. That bird, like. Exploded. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, Randy yeah, yeah. Johnson did it too off the mound. Yeah. Is that bird exploded? No, that, that one, correct. that's the one I'm correct. thinking of. Yeah, yeah, that one exploded. Final topic of the day: Derek Fisher and Gloria Govan now engaged. The question is, how far is Matt Barnes driving today? <laughs> did you see though that this apparently like had a happy ending? Like they're all on the same page. Yeah. I saw it on. TV I don't want to. I don't want to talk morning. about that part. Maddie's cool with it. And apparently, t- him and Derek are cool now. They talk every week. All right, so that's a love story now. It's right. a, like not. I mean, look. I think it's different if you. It's all weird, but yes. if you guys wind up like married and you're in love, that's one thing. If you're just smashing an ex teammate's wife, like, that's a different and situation. It's about the kids. You got to do it for the kids. For sure. It's this is all just. It sounds like really good PR. Like I don't know anything about this, but it sounds like someone. We got to get you up to speed. You would like. The I story. really do have to. Oh, get up to yeah. speed. You don't know the story, you guys. I found this. Wait. Oh. No, go please. fill her in real quick. Yeah. Yeah, you want to fill me in? So Matt Barnes and. And Derek Fisher, ex-teammates. Mm-hmm. And right. so Matt Barnes, what was this, maybe five years ago or something like that? Not even. Comes through like, three. Here's that Derek Fisher is at his home with his ex-wife, and they're Ooh. having a romantic evening. Shut and so, Yeah. Matt Barnes drives from where? Sacramento. Miles. Yeah, he drives down from Sacramento to L.A. to whoop Derek Fisher's ass. Ooh, good. Right. Good. Right. But, like, good this show. is one of those unwritten but, like, rules also, in a locker room. Like that's it definitely hurt. What do you mean? Is but it like, of course it is. But, like, why is he going just to, like, Because you can't whoop him. her ass. <laughs> exactly. Somebody's that's ass got to get whooped. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> um, no, that's annoying. Yeah, that's a really good PR move. I found this Instagram account called Hollywood Blinds. If you guys ever want to entertain yourself with all of the scandals that are going on in Hollywood oh like God. that. Comes back to Instagram. Yeah, exactly. You guys, I'm not kidding. I, last night, I was, like, in the wee hours looking at this. It's so all about crazy. the gram. All right, we have to check that out. <laughs> hey, if you don't follow that one, make sure you do follow Act yeah, follow and Bell on Twitter and Instagram both. Make sure you go check us out on iTunes. Uh, subscribe, download in the five-star review or in the review. Leave us a five-star review. Ask us a question. We'll get through this on our five-star Q&As on Friday. Uh, thanks for checking us out. Everybody have a great day. 